pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to the Chance Encounters podcast. We've been running board game cafes for over six years now. Ooh. From hen dues to family dues, from first dates to breakups, we've recommended a board game for every situation, and now we're looking for a fresh challenge. Each week, we'll be inviting a guest on who will put our board game knowledge to the test. They'll come armed with an abstract and absurd scenario, and it's up to us to figure out what that situation calls for, and then recommend a game that totally explodes their kittens. Nice. Uh, whichever board game recommendation our guest loves the most will score a point, and at the end of the series, whoever has the most points will be crowned the Titan of Board Games. Oh. No way. <gasps> so... I am Richard Scarsbrook. I'm one of the founders and creators of Chance Encounters. Um, and unfortunately, I've never actually managed to finish the ink of, an, of a biro pen. I've never managed to run it out. Mm. I've always either lost it, broke it, or generally just destroyed it. I, I think it's a myth. I don't think you can. I, I, I know people who claim to have. Mm. I don't trust those people. Well... <laughs> This is Ben, my co-host. I'm Ben from the Yogscast. I make videos and other things. And I love board games. And I'm a massive nerd. And um, yeah, if you've emptied out your biro before it's dried out. What? How? I don't believe you. Please please send in your empty biros just to, to prove that this isn't actually going to happen. Please don't. <laughs> and our guru for this week is none other than the titan of board games so far, Dickie. <laughs> Hi guys, I, I'm Dickie, I am also a nerd, geek, board game addict, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> um, and this is my favourite pen, and I dread the day it dies, I dread the day it dies, when How it dies I shall be very sad. It's about five years now. Wow. See, again, yeah. just no one has ever managed to run out a pen. No, but like I use it sparingly, special occasions pen, this one. Oh, okay. yeah, you, yeah. Treat pen. Honoured the podcast <laughs> with my, my favourite pen. And our special guest for the week is Alex. You've come over all the way from Canada just for us. That's true. I am. <laughs> yeah. uh, hello. I'm Alex. That, 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 that's your camera there. Oh, okay. <laughs> hello. Uh, I'm Alex. I'm also in the Yogs cast. Uh, and I have been a full-time um, content creator for five years. And um, oh, God. So, yeah. I think a man who's done a tour of duty. <laughs> <laughs> I've got memories. They said should have been out in one year. Yeah. <laughs> they said it wouldn't last. It wasn't a career. Um, and my crowning ball game achievement was probably beating uh, Ben at Star Wars Rebellion last night. <gasps> you did. You're very good at that game. 
I had a lucky, lucky first hand, and uh, it was a very, very mm. good hard-won victory despite my terrible luck with dice. Just the worst dice I've ever seen. Now, I don't know how to feel about this yet. Were you baddies or goodies? I was the rebel. <laughs> I was the rebellion. Okay, well, that depends it's on a, a certain point a, of view. It's a feel-good <laughs> feel story, you guys. <laughs> Yeah, somehow Mon Mothma opened the game with uh, talking the fishmen into supplying two of their finest cruisers. Wow. Um, which was uh, hard, to, hard to fight. Them fishmen ships. They shoot good. Yeah. Well, no, they didn't. <laughs> no. Not all the amount of misses I was getting. Wow. I've never had that luck with dice before. It was astonishing. It just gave me a chance, I think. Um, but you come armed with an abstract and absurd scenario, purportedly. Yes. Uh, so, Alex, what, what, what are we talking about? Well, I was thinking uh, um, William Shakespeare meets mm -hmm. a tentacled armed alien. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, as we do. It's a strong start. Okay, yeah. Is that all right? Is that, <laughs> that, whole, that, that the whole thing? You said wacky. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So cool, they're playing cool, cool. a ball game. Yeah. They meet via. Oh, I don't I... know. That, uh, yes, sorry. Let me try that again. William Shakespeare in yep. his in his century mm -hmm. meets an tentacled alien mm -hmm. in okay. disguise. In disguise. Oh, okay. Like a time. Okay. Is it a time traveling alien? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's in Shakespeare's century. Yeah. Okay. So are, are you playing this game? Is it? Are you playing with? Was I meant to be? No, you don't, you have, don't have to be. You don't have to be. No. This is what we're trying. Right. To <laughs> Excellent. Okay. That would be more interesting though if I could be. You can, I'm not so time scenario. You can alter it as yeah. you wish. Oh. Yeah, you're in charge here. So you, you, yeah, you can take our brilliant suggestions at the yeah. end and then palm them off as your own uh, to William Shakespeare. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe this is like Shakespeare origin stories. Maybe some of his weird ideas came from this this tentacle alien. You know, this, mid, this midsummer night's game. dream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we do. We do not need to get into the whether William Shakespeare wrote his plays argument. <laughs> I spent my entire degree. No, no, never again. Oh my God, we've got an expert. <laughs> but now we can finally put the degree to use, Dickie. This I is your know, time. I know. <laughs> I actually liked more contemporary 70s absurdist theatre. So uh, it's, it's it, yeah, I have, I have an out. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So we've got. Is it? A, a, are they playing a two-player game? Could it be for for more people? What kind of uh, does does this tentacled monster have any particular themes that they might like? It's just a two-player game. It's just a two-player game. Right. Okay. It's two-player. Okay. And is, is there are there any stakes here? Mm. Um, like, is there? Is this like a challenge? Is the alien showdown? Who's like, if you can't defeat me in a board game, my alien armada is coming to destroy the world? Or is it more of a gentlemanly? Like, oh, fancy you visiting from the other side of the galaxy. Just, let's, just met in a bar. A, let's just well, have a friendly game. <laughs> the alien is currently in disguise. So, ah, okay. right. Yeah. What are they disguised as? And have they got tentacles that can function as hands? He's wearing gloves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and he squeezed five of his tentacles into the glove, yeah. one to act as each finger. Does mm. he have, like, full dexterity? No. Okay, is it more so of a mitten situation? Yes. He's, he's got a couple of mittens to kind of hide the... Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but he does speak English. Old English. Okay. Ye old English. English. Um, that was his elective at, at the alien school of... 
old English. <laughs> yeah. So what they're doing is that he's just doing like a sabbatical to come over here and just test oh, out. Oh, like a cultural exchange. He's taking his gap year yeah. on yeah. Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who did they take? <laughs> are, they, are they doing one of those where you go, we're in school where you're like, I'll go and visit their family oh. for, a, for a couple of months. I think he's doing like squid backpacking oh. you know, before he settles down and... Gets a career. We do, it's Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy situation. Well, I mean, this is all up to Alex. Like, yeah. if you don't like any of these ideas, like you can the veto. I idea. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's on the gap yard. Yeah. The gap yard. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd put a little few miles on my soul before I came back and chained myself to a desk. <laughs> F- filling out squid paperwork. <laughs> So he's learnt he's learnt about kind of you know civilization from observing from his spaceship, and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I think I'll go down there. Yeah. I've heard about this William Shakespeare dude. I'd like to meet him. Mm-hmm. See what all the fuss is about. Yeah. <laughs> he seems the pinnacle of all human beings. So he'll we'll, we'll, give us a good introduction to everything else. Yeah. Okay. Play a board game with William Shakespeare, then off to fence with Christopher Marlowe, presumably. You know. Uh, indeed. Yes. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. yes. And for all the people at home who don't know who that is. Yeah. I'm just going to throw out playwrights, guys. <laughs> if you don't know who it is, it's a playwright. <laughs> Dickie can finally use all of the obscure references. All those literary buffs out there are going to be like, this is my podcast. <laughs> it's like the tiniest Venn diagram. <laughs> I think that's just because the circle of people that are going to know about these playwrights is already very small. Yeah. As is the circle of people who listen to this podcast. Well, true. I mean, <laughs> to, to be fair, it's not going to be an issue. I'm going to run out quickly. Yeah. Yeah. If you're one of those people that is in that sweet spot of the Venn diagram, please let us know so Dickie knows he's not alone in this. <laughs> so we've got this mittened up, tentacled uh, guy. Why Why does he feel the need, or sh- why do they feel the need to be Ooh. in disguise out of interest? Well, he's a tentacled alien, so he might stand out a little bit. In... Mm. There are yeah. other, there are like squids I think. There. I think Victorian... No, not not it, Victorian. No, it's not Victorian. Sorry, Elizabethan mm. um, England might have a problem with the tentacle monster. I don't think they're not I think, quite yeah. accommodating. <laughs> I, think the, I think the Spanish were a little bit. You know, they weren't. If the Spanish weren't welcome, then certainly <laughs> an alien. Yeah. They had a big problem with manor wars back then. Mm. You know, it almost worked. Maybe they think he's. <laughs> He's what? Scott, maybe he could be he could be impersonating a Scot. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> so, I bet, like, a Londoner, if they just hear someone going... Oh, and then that's you, Scottish. That must be Scottish. <laughs> Would you agree with that, Dickie? <laughs> Have you ever been mistaken for a tentacle-based monster? Oh, I'm sorry, no. I didn't... <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's okay. I'm Scott, like, with an emphasis on the ish. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, it's, it's kind of Scottish. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I love no. Scotland, by the way. <laughs> I, I mean, the other thing is medical science hadn't really advanced that. You, I... I He's just got the affliction. (laughs) It's just not very well, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to say it a few Mm. times before you really get there and get the understanding going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, well, if he beats William Shakespeare, he gets a part in his new play. Oh, cool. That could be the, that could be the stakes. And if the for? alien loses, mm-hmm. he'll take off his disguise and show who he really is. Ah. But that would mean that William knows that he's in a disguise for the stake to be that he would have to take off his disguise. Yes, and William Shakespeare wants to know who's ah. behind the... He's, he's a sharp cookie, Who's behind the... Yeah. He knows. He can, he can tell when someone's not a Scotsman. Are we talking about... <laughs> <laughs> I've written Macbeth, thank you very much. <laughs> I know all about the Scots people, and that's not an accent. <laughs> Reveal me your secrets. 
So I'm thinking that this the the, the squid squid person is wearing like a Venetian mask, or is there something yes, else? Yeah, that sounds good. Oh, amazing! Okay. Oh, that's great. Kind of Phantom of the Opera vibes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that's um, Lloyd Webber. <laughs> <laughs> that's not Shakespeare. <laughs> I love the idea that for some unknown reason, there's just a million references to every Shakespeare play. Mm. Yeah. Somehow, he's he's, he's a big fanboy, maybe. Yes. Yeah. He's been observing. Uh, mm. He's got like a little camera in the uh, in the theatre mm. in the globe, uh, <laughs> which kind of feeds into his spaceship, not via cable, via you know like Wi-Fi. Yeah, four G. I'm willing to believe yeah. an, in, an interstellar space traveling alien has wireless camera technology. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean, I'm gonna just be a little bit too far, maybe. <laughs> But nothing more sophisticated than mittens for a disguise. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. So, yeah. how about Shakespeare? Like, how's how, is he into board games? Do you reckon? Why Would not? You, this is a new experience for him. I would say he's up on chess. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd guess. I guess was around, ch- yes. chess was yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And like, I think there's a lot of kind of in his plays. There's a lot of like, will they? Won't they? Mm-hmm. And and kind of people tricking each other by being in disguise and stuff right so like his characters aren't kind of wily but he's he, yeah he creates some pretty kind of silly games going on mm-hmm. um, you're saying shakespeare so, has invented his own game at this point no i'm saying like m- th- this is more like the games afoot kind of thing this mm. is like you know mystery we've got like othello's overlapping motives and stuff like yeah, that yeah. like he's yeah he can think abstractly and strategically, for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I, I've spent most of my adult years trying to avoid anything to do with Shakespeare. This is this is bringing back, yeah. like, all of the, okay. the thoughts of, like, GCSEs <laughs> yeah. and having to be force-fed Shakespeare stuff. Like, I'm I'm completely the opposite. I'm like, ooh. It's really? Giving, it's giving me the fuzzy tingles. Yeah, I'm happy oh. about it. But, Admittedly, yeah. just this week, I was talking about the Shakespeare video they the, it was there was a there was a video of macbeth that was made by hugh hefner of all people <laughs> wow. Oh, wow and and that was the video they decided to show us mm-hmm. when i was like 16 <laughs> i was like do you really think this is appropriate <laughs> maybe they were trying to you know get down with the kids who are the kids into these days i mean maybe. Hugh <laughs> i i once i once saw macbeth on a bouncy castle <laughs> where all of the props were inflatable and that was marvelous Wait, they oh. did an actual show of Macbeth on yes. a... Like, the, the the stage was the bouncy castle, mm-hmm. all of the props. Is this a dagger in front of me? No, it's an inflatable banana. <laughs> <laughs> it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Where do you go from there to top it? I mean, Lady Macbeth was an inflatable doll. Um, was this a one-man on a, on show? A <laughs> <laughs> on a no, it was, it was at the Edinburgh Festival, which gives ah, it some kind okay, of, you know... That makes more sense now. why this happened, yeah. It wasn't right. just a fever dream. No, it's, Does that it's mean there was of... a ventriloquist associated with this, then? Uh, no, that, well, ventriloquist or someone behind the bouncy castle. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's a fancy name for man <laughs> shouting behind bouncy <laughs> castle. They basically just went, how do we do Punch and Judy, but have it a Shakespeare theme? <laughs> then they're on an inflatable castle. This is how it's going to work. Like, it was one of those experiences at the mm. Edinburgh Festival where you walk into a room not really knowing what's going to happen and then right. something that you mm. could never even conceive <laughs> kind of unfolds. Then you walk out you. still not really understanding what happened. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> So, the location that our Shakespearean, well, Shakespeare is in, with with their uh, their alien tentacled uh, bestie at this point. Can we call the squid monster Caliban? 
I was. Oh my god! Yes, we should give them a. Yes, is that absolutely. their name? We shouldn't just assign them a name. Is that? <laughs> well, the I name was thinking something by? like Jeff, but Caliban's probably good because yeah. that's what he calls the sea monster in uh, in, the in the Tempest, right? Yeah. So maybe mm. he maybe he met this tentacle monster and mm. then thought, I was, "I've got an idea for a new play now." But I'm he doesn't so know good. unless he wins. Yes. He just Maybe knows that he's not Scottish. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he just right. knows he's not Scottish and wants to figure out who is that non-Scotsman Scotsman yeah. man. And why is he wearing a Venetian mask? <laughs> and mittens in summer. <laughs> <laughs> this is I a just, very heavy coat you're wearing, yeah. I just like it. It all seems to like, you know, it all falls into place if, it, if it's Caliban and that's how we got the name. Yeah. Or yeah. the tentacle monster has seen the play The Tempest and has called himself Caliban. It's the fanboy. Fanboy. Or girl. Fan person, you know, because I don't think Shakespeare could pronounce his real name, which is. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Can you or pronounce something? His maybe. Name? Yes. That's. I was also thinking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. Caliban's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. Past. Uh, so whereabouts are they playing? Is this just in their like local pub? Is it a place that has been like? How did they, how did they meet? They on the street. They were just like, why are you wearing a mask? Or did Caliban come up to Shakespeare first? What's yes? <laughs> <laughs> that is the last rule of improv. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep saying yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes, right. Um, he <laughs> Caliban or <laughs> sought out Shakespeare mm-hmm. at his at his, at his yo- yokel at his local drinking hole. Okay, and uh, challenged him to a board game straight off the bat. Straight off the bat. Excuse me, sir. Sorry, that's not Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> I won't do a Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> we can imagine. Yeah. I'm a massive fan and I would uh, love to get a part in your play. Mm-hmm. As you can tell, I'm a very normal Scotsman. But <laughs> if you beat me at this game, I will reveal my true self. <laughs> that isn't a normal Scot. <laughs> out himself immediately. Oh. <laughs> Shakespeare is obviously very interested at this point. It's suddenly mm. like, wow, this is a not normal, normal Scotsman. Yeah. What could possibly be going on here? Uh, I feel like he'd be intrigued by mystery. Okay, so we so at this point, Shakespeare wants to win. He needs to know what's gonna what's going down. Mm. Which means that maybe maybe he's gonna be looking for something that is in his uh repertoire. Repertoire, yeah, okay. it gives him an edge. Mm. Suddenly he sees the mittens and he's like I could use those. <laughs> Jenga. Yeah. <laughs> I've got him beat. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> yeah. Is there any? Uh, has has did did Caliban think any further about the board game recommendation? Did he come up with something being like, oh, I have to hit these these things, or was he just like, yeah. he didn't? He just got he, his head froze. It was like I'm so awed by Shakespeare at this point. That he just would just say yes to any board game recommendation. Yes. And and who who are we pitching for? Are we pitching for games that Shakespeare would want to play, or mm-hmm. games that Caliban would rather play, or just for pure spectacle? Yes. <laughs> um, I um I think it's got to be a bit of a hybrid between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just trying to make it the best game it can be, rather than like favouring one victor over the other. Yeah, because you want it to be a fair contest, even though mm. Shakespeare may do some underhand tactics to try Ooh. and win. But I, I think that uh, Caliban, you know, he's an extraterrestrial, intelligent, sentient being. <laughs> That's his, his surpassed our language. 
mm-hmm. are ways of communication. So he's got the ability to just learn, like, okay. pow. So it could be something that favours Shakespeare, but mm-hmm. it's Ooh, not going to do that much of an edge. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I I think we're underestimating. Like, I just think I know we've got the mittens, but tentacles would be so good for certain games. Like, imagine playing Jenga or like pickup sticks or something. Anything dexterity where you just they got a sucker and you're like, you know, yeah, just that's true. immediately like the the precision that you get. The fact that they don't get. have like. They're what they're invertebrates or the other one, yeah. So mm-hmm. that they can just be like, I'll just put it down and then just bend the fingers backwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have to deal with your laws of physics, yeah. Your biology, There's no bones yeah. holding me down, exactly. It's his catchphrase, <laughs> inevitably. <laughs> the first thing that you say, no, it's not, it's a terrible catchphrase. Yeah. Imagine if that showed up in Shakespeare just halfway, <laughs> halfway through Twelfth Night, just like no bones on that guy. <laughs> you can take a pound of flesh. Well, you can take it from literally anywhere because I have no bones. <laughs> I mean, it would have been, it would have been really like. Can you imagine if Shakespeare was just writing board games into the plays I front and center? Mm. Just like I know what this play needs more downtime. It's, oh yeah. Like, is there any relation between the Othello board game and Othello the Shakespeare play? I don't think so. I think I think Othello's been around a lot longer, so it would have been that Shakespeare yeah. would have based it on that. But I think Othello is just the name, right? Yeah. I have no idea. I, this is, who sounds, are you? Jeez. That sounds like an excellent <laughs> question for a charming house guru. Why do you not know this obscure reference? <laughs> this is the, right, so confession time. This is I get this in the cafe when people ask me about old games. I'm like, mm. I have very much spent the last my whole career in Chance Encounters focusing on what's come out this week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people ask me, how do you know how to play Risk? I don't. I don't know how to play Risk. I've forgotten how to play Cluedo. I have pushed those things out of my brain. I do not know how to play a lot of the classics. Well, that's fair, because they essentially are just better evolved versions of those games available now exactly and you know you're only going back for nostalgia's sake rather than i would never recommend those games to anyone and like i've, I've had to teach monopoly a couple of times but that's fine because everyone makes up the rules to monopoly <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's i don't need to remember what they are i can just say them and people will believe me <laughs> yeah. mm, yes. like i had the thought about this i think teaching monopoly it's a little bit about kind of it's a little bit like teaching people how to brush uh, your teeth Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I've everyone... never taught anyone how to brush my teeth Ex- before. <laughs> well, no, that sounds quite strange. Presumably, <laughs> presumably, you've taught your kid how to brush their teeth. Yeah, um, and so it's kind of passed down. But there's never, there's not a rule book. You know, you wouldn't oh. ever like send send your child to go and read the rules to brushing their teeth. You yeah. just tell it's them it's an how oral to do tradition, it. if you will. <laughs> I'm still waiting. <laughs> <for> my... <laughs> Sorry, uh, I don't I know why so. that one really got me. <laughs> Monopoly probably taught me more about finances than uh, school did. It's like in, in school, you never get taught no, anything about true. how to get a mortgage and mm. manage your fi- day-to-day finances. Whereas Monopoly, you spend too much money. Well, yeah. uh, the bank's going to come and take it all away. You lose. What do you mean we can't just print more without consequences? <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But I can see the bank right there have <laughs> lots of money in. You just give it to... I mean, I'm in hard times right now. Just give me some money. <laughs> What oh, is the most sh- popular board game at your cafes? Mm. I think it, it changes, doesn't it? It's, it, it's, 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 a, mo- it's a moving target. It depends for sure. on who's recommending as well, because they'll be like, 
Oh, you want a two-person uh, quick board game? Well, let me offer you this six-person... Tw- no, they don't do that. They really right. don't. But uh, <laughs> what we do do is they there's something like a, a recent board game that they've played that they can kind of get enthused about. And so you'll tend to find that the things that we're most enthused about is the things that we want to recommend. And mm-hmm. they're like right on the tip of our tongues. If they offer... They've got a real idea of what they want to play, then we get to kind of do this, where we're like, oh, well... If you want this kind of experience, then we'll give you one. Is there anything that you recommend recently, Dookie? Like, the the thing I'm recommending all the time at the minute is a very quick 15-minute game called Battle Sheep. Oh, oh yeah, Which yeah, is yeah. fantastic. Like, it's a, really, it's a really great little game because it is a, it's a kid's game, so mm. really accessible to everyone. But the great thing about it is it's the most ruthless, cutthroat, mean, like, cruel game in the cafe. And that seems to that seems to hit the you know pe- people like that. Mm-hmm. One people of the like... benefits of that game is that unlike a lot of other games where you have a setup and it's you know unwieldy and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. the setup is pretty much part of the beginning of the game. So oh, you're literally like smart. making yeah. the board and you get to choose how that board um, creates by putting these like panels of I don't know six or eight like, four, hex, like they're four hex tiles, four hex yeah. tiles, and you get to place those down, and then you get your little like stack of metallic sheep as it were, that you place on it. And so that kind of, it is a really good game. It's It's, quite simple, quick. What's like the core mechanic of it? What are you trying to do? So you're trying to take over as much of the field as possible. Mm -hmm. Mm. Um, And so on your turn, you take some sheep from one of your piles of sheep Mm -hmm. and move them as far as you can in a straight line. Mm. that's that's kind of that's the rules you've done it i've I've taught the game (laughs) so it's really accessible really straightforward but like you end up blocking other sheep in Mm -hmm. at a rate that is frankly alarming right Mm. so it's all about Um, stopping people getting long lines of movement trying to force them around corners well you're trying to you're trying to block people in so you want to Mm. spread out as much as possible however if you get a tower of five sheep and you can't move anymore that's five points that you're not going to get at the end mm. of the game it's... oh you want to encircle them yes exactly yeah. mm. you're, you're literally trying to herd up sheep with mm. other sheep yeah which is great <laughs> so you're like cool. slowly splitting down different stacks you'll have them all over and the idea is that you move them as far as possible so you can't mm. stop anywhere along them, oh right which means mm. that you've only got like you know three or four different potential areas but then you've got borders of other fields maybe and then you've got those sheep around yeah. you and then you're like, if you get caught in a bottleneck, it's suddenly like, ah, God, someone's going to trap me kind of exactly. thing. But you might have to go there because you've, you've got to go as far as you can, which is But great. equally, if you can somehow block it in such a fashion that you have an access to an entire field around mm. that no one else can get to, you've got loads of, you've got loads of points. Yeah, so it is, it is surprisingly cutthroat mm. for a sheep-based game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, My- we get the question a lot. More than I thought we would, actually... I need a game that is going to make me hate my friends the next day. <laughs> and that tends to be the answer to it. Yeah. Perfect. My uh, my dog is half border collie, so he has the herding instinct. So ah. he'll, when we're going out for walks with my partner, mm-hmm. myself and, 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 and Nigel, uh, he'll he'll use the lead to kind of herd us in the direction that he wants to go. So he'll wrap the lead around us and be like, "No, we're going over here." Now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. he probably enjoy that game. My, my dog is also half border collie. Yeah. I feel your pain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does, does he do the same thing where my dog used to? If we were too far apart, he would herd us back together yep. again on the walk. Like yep. if we like one of us has stopped to look at something or the other one had like walked off in a different direction, he'd just come straight back and go, nope, come back together, everyone together. And yep. like, carry on. <laughs> well, just give your dog mittens and a Venetian mask. Well, there we then, go. <laughs> then you <laughs> can play the battle sheep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so are there any board games that like um, you just love that kind of style or mechanic or, or things that you don't like in board games? Well, I play map games for a living. Mm -hmm. So um, like Hearts of Iron, all of, like, the Paradox stuff, and hence like Victoria 3. Um, <laughs> and so that kind of translates into my board game interests. So mm -hmm. like Star Wars Rebellion is a, is a big favorite. I, I really enjoy Twilight Struggle. Mm -hmm. um, I even enjoy the occasional game of like Catan and... Uh, there's a game, I forget the name of it, um, but you start off as like a, you, you pick one uh, race, it could be like goblins or, or something like that. Small world. Yes. So they go into decline mm -hmm. and then you pick a new one and stuff. So, yeah, and you yeah, keep building world. on the ruins of an old empire yeah. with your new yeah. race yeah. in a fantasy kingdom. Yes. Mm -hmm. So small world, uh, even like Risk is, is always good for raging. Uh, I believe <laughs> yeah. I, so close at the jingle jam to winning that Risk game and then everyone tiled it <laughs> That's the problem with risk. You really got to be in second place. Yeah, <laughs> um, to leapfrog at the last minute. Uh, yeah. So any any kind of like map based conquest mm -hmm. games are kind of okay. my go to. But I do really enjoy other like deck building, like Arkham Horror, mm -hmm. um, anything where I can build like a custom deck and, and stuff like that. So uh, like living card games as well. Yeah, living cool. board games. Yeah. So that's kind of my bread and butter. Awesome. That's good to know. All right. So we've got. A game for two people, at the very least. I mean, it could be more, mm, but yeah. probably a game that's uh, for two people. We've got potential issue with the mittens, but you know, maybe Shakespeare is depends. He's getting to choose at this point, so maybe they'll he'll consider uh, whether to into you know take advantage of that or not. We've got pretty much open in terms of what they might like to play, but we just it should be a, a battle of wits, presumably, because that's what Shakespeare's trying to prove that he's the wittiest. Mm -hmm. um, and we have. The fundamental uh, challenge at the end, so it definitely, definitely has to have a winner and a loser at this point. There's no real mm -hmm. room for draw. Okay. Is there anything yeah. else that we kind of missed in this one? We've got all the basics covered, unless there's anything you want to add. No. <laughs> <laughs> I... If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So let's get on to some board game recommendations. Um, who would, would, would Dicky as the titan of board games? You oh get to go God. first. Privilege. Okay. Um, so the game I'm going to recommend is a game called The Duke. Mm. I think it's going to fit in with the kind of surroundings. It feels like quite an old game, and it's, uh, it's it is a variant on chess. Oh, okay. So um, you're playing on a, a little kind of square chessboard uh, like you would normally, and you've got your duke. And two foot soldier, two foot soldiers to begin with, and you have to protect your duke just like you would in chess with the king. However, you can either on your turn you can either move a piece or you can get a new piece from mm. a bag. 
So what the pieces you'll get will be completely randomized. So as you go along, your strategy really has to like adapt, which I think would be great for what you were saying earlier with like Caliban being able to like immediately learn a game. Mm-hmm. This is a really good one because you've got to kind of adapt that strategy. It's not like there's a one path to victory. You've really got to, it feels like a battle of wits, a battle of minds. Mm. Um, but each time you use a piece on the board and move it on the board, you flip it over and it's got a completely different move set, a completely different oh. skill set. So it's really interesting. Um, it's a great one for kind of uh, strategy. It's a great one for a couple of rounds as well. Like um, it's, I've never really seen anyone in the cafe play it just once. Oh, okay. They always kind of go for another round because it's one of these things where it's very easy to learn because all of the moves are written on the pieces themselves. However, the strategy and mastering it, that's where the, the real fun of it comes through. Um, but it feels like a really kind of moving target in terms of the strategy and kind of how you're going to win. Um, and it's also got this great thing where the Duke himself, uh, so, you know, in chess, you've got your king mm-hmm. and he's basically a lame idiot. Yes. <laughs> that, that feeling of like, oh my God, why weren't you better? Yeah. Um, the Duke in the Duke is super aggressive, uh, which is a really interesting thing. And it's hmm. kind of that thing of like, you have to protect them. But also sometimes you have to kind of let them off the lead and really like let them yeah, you wail use on them. someone. Yeah, I like the concept of it escalating, like a chess game that starts with less pieces and gets bigger. Yeah. Because the beginning of a chess game is kind of daunting. There's so much to choose from. But then at the mm. end, it gets very... Yeah, and um, it's it's one of these things that's kind of self-contained because you when you put a new piece on, it has to go in one of the areas around the duke. So if you've got he's him, the spawn point, he's the spawn point. Yeah. Okay. So if you get him kind of like fortified, yeah, you kind of have left yourself no options. So you've kind of got to have him a little bit free mm. to kind of move move new pieces onto the board. Duke can't be chained down. No. Help. 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 Which I quite like. It feels quite Shakespearean in terms of like you know he's he's got a bit of agency and he's got a bit of yeah. a kind of guile about him. You know, mm. um, and you've got. So lots of different types of pieces. You've got um, uh, foot soldiers, which are kind of like the pawns, and you've got uh, you've got wizards and mages and uh, kind of uh, spearmen, lancemen. Uh, there's even got bowmen. So it's Ooh. got a really like most of it will be kind of familiar to chess players, but it's also got uh, a mechanic called strike, mm-hmm. which is where you, basically it's long range chess. So if you get in there, if you get in there to kind of target range, they can take you out, hmm. which is really interesting. Like, you said whenever you move a piece and then you flip it over and it has a new set of movements, do you always hmm. get to see what's on the reverse when before you move it? Yeah, you can you can always check, yeah. Hmm. And you kind of... Um, so it's not like chess where it's like, no, you touch that piece, you're moving that piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's, you know, I don't think you have to do that in chess, you know. Depends who you're playing It's with. just people, <laughs> people choose to do that kind of thing. I think it's only if you let go of the piece, right? Then you're, mm. you can still put it back with chess. As long as you're holding on to it. I think that, we're in like right? Monopoly region here where everyone has their own. Yeah. Oh, actually, yeah. How, yeah. how many well take backs you're allowed? I, I don't mind what it is as long as I'm not playing with a clock there. Well, that, that does my head in. But oh, yeah. I love the clock. I wish more games had a chess clock. I've been in games where I wish there was a chess clock. Like whenever there is one, I, I hate feel it. attacked there, Dickie. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I wasn't specifically talking about you there. Um, so, apologies for the in- innuendo here, but uh, how do you beat the Duke? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Tenderly. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's it's like chess. You can if you if you capture if you capture the other person's duke. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got it's. I mean, it's got a lot of like chess conventions. When you are like a move away from capturing the duke, you've got to say guard. Okay. Not che- not check. No. Guard. You don't want to get sued the, by the legally check. distinct <laughs> guard. Um, I once met someone who said, "You ha- if you ever put the queen under threat, you should say on guard as like a polite, like, oh, I'm going to take your queen. Don't miss the obvious move. All right. I don't know if no, that's a- you don't want. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. It'd like, be very interesting. Like I, I don't have a poker face, so I kind of do that with my eyebrows. I'm like, oh, have, they seen it? have they seen it yet? Oh. <laughs> All you can do is just look at it. Look away, Dickie. Don't look at the queen. Stop looking at her. Um, but yeah, it's it. Uh, going back to the jug, uh, it's it's nice because it's a smaller board than the chessboard as well, so it feels kind of more more contained and How more long kind of does urgent. One of these games take them. So anywhere from kind of 20 minutes to 40 minutes, uh, like like chess, it mm. kind of depends how long it is on how good yeah. you are. And whether mm. Ben put a timer down for you. It, well, exactly. Like there's no kind of a quick game is not a good game. It's, it's more about kind of the back and back and forth. Cool. Because you, you know, you've got this thing where it's, it, you can't really get a stalemate with this mm. one. It's kind of it mm. feels quite urgent, which is nice. Nice. That yeah. sounds pretty cool. That sounds good recommendation. Mm. Yeah. Very good. Ben, did you want to go next? Sure. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend a, um, like a, a modern war game called Root. Oh. Like a tree root. Um, and effectively, what it, what it is is a uh, like a, a ruthless, asymmetrical dudes on a map war game, disguised as a family-friendly, cutesy animal romp in the woods. It's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's four factions in the in the box, and there's like another four or eight factions on available through the expansions. Oh. Um, and there's there's like a um, there's an aristocratic bird kingdom. There's a industrialist cat-based um, in um, like expansionist chop down the forest and get industry and lumber mills going. There's a revolutionary um, foxes and mice and rabbits banding together to overthrow the invaders of the forest. Hmm. There's adventuring raccoons and badgers. There's lizard cults and water folk and all these different factions. And each faction has a completely different gameplay mechanics. And they're all trying to achieve completely different goals. Everyone's obviously trying to conquer and dominate the forest but for different reasons and in different ways through different mechanics mm-hmm. um so everything looks cute and lovely because it's all just birds and cats and and badgers and stuff frolicking in the woods but you've at the end of the day got to march your armies through this wood and conquer it for yourself um the reason i love it is because uh, like i said every faction is completely different so um although each individual mechanics are quite straightforward it's very easy to learn how to play your faction learning how best to fight the other factions with your faction is really interesting. Um, it's a lot like Rebellion, like we played earlier with yeah. the Empire versus the Rebels. Yeah. But up to six players with 12 different factions available. Wow. If you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also fairly quick play. If you're only playing with two players, it's less than an hour. Okay. Uh, I think six, you can technically play at six player, but I wouldn't recommend it because that will just take four or five hours. Yeah. Um, but three or four player works too. Yeah. Um, and the new expansion is 
designed to be good for two players. Oh, which okay. is it's that was kind of the the thinking behind the expansion, and it's really cool. You've got mm. this horde of rats, uh, which feels very Red War. Like, oh, uh, perfect! Yeah. And then you've got Badger Templars, which is my favorite <laughs> thing. Like they're just awesome. You, they just kind of roam around the map, kind of trying to pick up relics and mm-hmm. hold on to them, while the rats are just like saying, "No, I hit you in the face! <laughs> perfect! <laughs> Drop your stuff!" I'm gonna have to get that expansion. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, in the base game, you know, you can play these rapidly expanding, industrial-centric, um, building your economy cat kingdom, mm. or the, the haughty birds who have to. They have to set out their traditions. Right. And the more you do, every turn you set these decrees down. And the more decrees you set down, the more stuff you get to do. But if at any point you you go through this flow diagram of these decrees you've set up, and if at any point you can't achieve that action, that you can't conquer a territory or move an army in a certain way like you said you would, the whole kingdom, the whole like, um, um, what's the word for them? Like the Council of Elders collapses and you have to bring in new advisors and you effectively miss your turn. So you're building this like program slash tableau of effects. And if you get too greedy and you can't sustain it, you have to then reset your whole like um, strategy for the next turn. It's um, it's, it's really great. It's it's a really weird feeling because you, you get to the point, it's a boom or bust. Mm. You get to the point where you know that it can't be done anymore and you go, that was a really good turn. Oh dear! It's a shame my, it's like, it's a shame my next turn is going to be like just a, a, a revolution where all of my leaders are executed and the new regime's put in because I I can't I can no longer meet the prop the crazy promises I said to the people last turn. Yeah, it's it's just like but that's oh. just one faction, and then you've got like the the river folk or the um or the the woodland alliance who play like the rebel alliance from yeah. Star Wars Rebellion. They got secret bases and they're trying to like get local support going and stuff like mm. that. Um. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, and I think they could have a lot of fun with it because it's um, it's such a simple theme, like right. woodland creatures having a battle. It feels a bit like you know Midsummer Night's Dream or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You don't have to know any history or anything to get into it. So everyone's trying to complete their own objectives. So mm-hmm. how do you stop the other factions from completing those? Well, objectives? that's it. You're trying to do yours, but you're also trying to interfere with them. So you can oh, send okay. in your armies, or you can yeah. go and destroy. Like mm-hmm. you know, you can burn down the cat's lumber mills, or even oh. just disconnecting the cat's lumber mills from where they're trying to build. Because right. every time they produce wood, the wood is produced at the lumber mill. Yeah. So if you're trying to build a castle or a recruitment office on the other side of the wood, if you can run in and just sever that line of communication so they can't get their wood across there, you've put a real spanner mm. in the works and they can no longer expand their industry. Yeah, it's, it's also kind of thought of this as well. Mm-hmm. There are dominance cards. So uh-huh. if, you, if, you're, if your strategy isn't going well, Throughout the deck, there are like five dominance cards, which will let you, uh, if you get them, it gives you a completely new, different way to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like control, you can, you, control you can, two oh, okay. corners you, of the map, for right. example. Yeah, you can like, give up your your core victory condition and just say, if I can hold these exact positions on the map for a whole turn with no one interrupting me, then I can win. That's like your Hail Mary yeah. like victory condition. Um, I, I had, Semi-catch-up mechanic. Aren't I had a five-player mm-hmm. game of this once where we got to the point where everyone was one turn away from winning and you were trying to complete your own thing while stopping <laughs> everyone. Your whole yeah. turn was just stopping everyone else from doing their things and then hoping that your thing would stay kind of where it was. Mm. And it feels, it's really tense and kind of brilliantly, um, mm. it kind of does create these wonderful stories as well. I think which, you know, old Will would, uh, yeah, really appreciate. Yeah. The, the biggest thing about Root is that the artwork is phenomenal and yeah. 
that's what draws a lot of people to it. It's just this white, kind of weirdly wacky, wonderful animal artwork, which yeah. has a real style to it. And uh, they've actually released a couple of other board games now with that style in. And you're yeah, just... shout out to Carl Farron, who is just everything that boy touches turns to gold. It's he's such a good artist. Mm. Um, I'm really excited for their their next one as well. But yeah, he's. Uh, well, thanks, I'll, guys. Will... You're both pitching for me. I appreciate <laughs> the support. I won't find anything Kyle Farron does the art for. To be fair, so sure. <laughs> And uh, to the antithesis of that, so you've got Root with like wonderful artwork mm. and the board game that I was going to pitch is called Battle Line. Um, so it's actually made by one of the probably most prolific designers, yeah. uh, board game designers that are pretty much out there, which is called... Reiner Knizia. And he he, he he makes his living just Sorry, by like Dr. making Dr. Reinekens, you're right. <laughs> by making uh, like board games and then sending them to other people to publish, basically. And he just I just get this like idea that he's just frantically in his workshop just making up weird and wacky <laughs> mechanics and just like bringing them out. And basically Battle Line is um it's been out for quite some time. It's not the prettiest of games, but if well, it reminds me almost like of like Romanesque kind of drawings as it were Ooh. and so oh, sorry oh, oh there we go yeah. <laughs> uh, and you so, touched the button here <laughs> yes. and uh so it's got this mm. kind of like it would probably be quite suitable in the era that you're playing that the artwork would be like it, w- yeah. it would make sense you could probably pl- you know, like, yeah. play this. you know like when you see like a hoplite on a greek vase yeah and it's just like a dude stood there with the, yeah yeah it, that's what it looks like cool okay yeah. so uh battle line is uh a game where you're trying to win by conquering these flags essentially now there are two ways you can win um you'll either take five of the nine and i'll explain how you do that in a second or you can make take uh three in a single like connected row as it were now your the game is kind of played using cards uh there's two decks there's one which is like 60 cards it's six different colors and each card has numbers one to ten on so you have lots of different ones and they 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 represent like four like archers or elephants yeah, various troops essentially and, yeah. and then you have another one which is tactics deck which basically takes the the conventional rules that you've been currently playing with and then just throws them out the window a little okay. bit and what you're trying to do is it's a little bit like poker you're taking these cards that you have in your hand so i think you have a hand of you have a hand of seven seven it is seven yeah this is where I always just get a dicky to fill in the gaps. So there's a hand of, hand of seven, and the idea is that you play a card down into one of those flags, and you can never remove it once you've like deployed one of your troops, as it were. Effectively, the game. Imagine the game is um, you're both generals of opposing armies, yeah. and you're deploying into a battle line. Mm. And once you've all committed your forces into this line, you just then work out who wins the battle at the end. Like, exactly. Who's put the the right oh, forces in the right so part of the battlefield? So you don't kind of. You don't control the battle. You just oh. deploy your battle lines, and then whoever has deployed most efficiently compared mm. to the opponent's deployment huh. ends up winning. So, like, there's they rank the different kind of ways of putting cards down. So, if you've got three consecutive numbers that are all the same color, that is the best you can do. That's fantastic, and they've all got terrible names which I can't remember now. It's essentially like They're straight flush. Yeah, yeah they have oh, their, um, okay. but it kind of takes poker ways of doing it three of a kind flushes straights and various other bits and then chucks it down and they'll have the way in which 
the most powerful ones that you can create, you start placing one card at a time into these formations. But what's happening is your opponent's doing one at a time at the same time. Mm. And so every time you place a card, you're drawing another card. So you only have seven to choose from. Yep. So there's kind of like a give and take between trying to play a card that you believe will win you the you know that that flag as it were one of these nine locations that you're placing it down because you're hoping that either you've got something in your hand that will help you mm. perform a very strong uh, formation or you'll be drawing something that happens but you can bluff as well you can put down like two threes on one flank and the opponent will think oh he's probably got the third one i won't commit anything there mm. anymore um even if you don't have the you know the third three and the smart thing is that as the game progresses, you begin to be able to use the information about what's in the deck to start uh, making decisions about what formations are left. So, for example, if I put a 10, which is the highest number, red, and then a 9 red, and then a 8 red, that is the strongest formation that could ever happen. And if I place that down first, then I know I'm going to win, because if you place the same formation down, then you're always going to win it. So what will happen is because you go, I've placed this formation down, you cannot beat that, but that flag is now mine. Mm -hmm. And then you can start inferring information, being like, okay, they've played a, a blue six and a blue eight, so they're looking for the blue seven. And then you play the blue seven elsewhere, suddenly you can mm -hmm. be like, well, that formation that you've played down will no longer be the strongest, and therefore I can take it. So there's a yeah. an error element of denying them the ability to start playing on some of these flags because you can start winning in these locations. So you're each taking cards from the same deck? deck? Oh! Yeah. So, it's a so you can, if you picked up that seven in that scenario, you might want to keep that a secret that you've got yeah. that seven, and they're yeah. still fishing for it. Um, but you, you know you can commit onto that flag because you know they're never going to complete their set. Mm. Exactly. And I think it's it's a really great, solid game, kind of through what we've explained, but the thing that really tips it over the edge is the, the tactics deck, mm. which is 10 cards, which are all super overpowered. <laughs> like, they're all broken, overpowered cards. But the rule is that you can only play one more of those than your opponent has. Mm -hmm. So oh. if I play one, I would have to wait until you play, play one to In then play so. my next. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it, you can never... It, you can never get too far ahead. And are they mixed the in with the regular deck? No, you, okay. you've, you got a, you've got a separate one. deck of them. And when you play a card, you can choose to either draw a normal card that's got a number and a color, or you can draw one of the super ones. Mm. And what do they but, do to affect So they, the... they'll do kind of various things. Some of them affect the flags themselves, so mean that you need four cards instead of three to win, or um, the, the colors here are not kind of uh, registered it's just which is the biggest oh, numbers okay so kind of like changing also things, like so. two leaders which are can be anything yeah like wild so, cards. yeah wild cards right. one of which is called alexander and you know, the other one don't, is know, <laughs> don't know if that helps <laughs> there you go. yeah yeah so uh there's a whole load of things and it's it's quite interesting it's about 10 to 15 minutes to play this kind of oh. game it's very quick yeah. you can play several in a in a row mm. it's a very small it's like literally like two decks of cards and then like some red pawns essentially and mm. it's 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 not the prettiest to look at unless you love the greek mosaics uh look yeah <laughs> but yeah. it is I, even then i think you're overselling it they don't even look as <laughs> like oh, that good <laughs> 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 i personally think they're possibly the best artwork i've ever seen of a game i mean it, it is one of these things where it holds a really special place in my heart mm -hmm. because of how bad the art is like right it feels like a real hidden gem mm -hmm. yeah like 
it's a real i recommend it in the cafe all the time Mm -hmm. no one ever plays it because it's ugly yeah it is from the dark days before graphic design was a thing (laughs) um and and that that is a problem because there are so many good looking games out there at the minute and you know it's don't judge a book by its cover but when there are so many eye-catching covers it's hard to look at the book you know like um but Every time someone plays it, it's it's a real kind of win. But it's, it's genuinely like strategic. There's there's a bit of luck to it, obviously, with what you're kind of drawing. But equally, you're trying to play, you know, probabilities or maybe what tactics you've got, the knowledge that you have mm-hmm. versus what they've got. Can you see anything that gives you that edge? And with the fact that it's kind of running off a similar like poker kind of mechanic in terms of the the formations mm-hmm. as it were then it's also fairly relatable so it is something that you can genuinely play you know a quick game of or play a couple of rounds through and someone will be like all right now i get this let's play okay. a real game yeah cool do, do you mm-hmm. have any questions for us again <laughs> um in terms of the length you i think you mentioned was it 20 to 30 minutes for yeah, the duke and then that. about an hour for Promote? and then 15 yeah 15 okay just thinking how much blah, 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 would want to how much time you'd want to spend with shakespeare mm. Mm. probably as, as much as, as possible yeah. i imagine yeah. i mean no, i'm just saying just best of five <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to do like a best of three of root yeah he's in a rush he's off to volleyball with samuel peeps <laughs> a diarist <laughs> <laughs> um What's your gut saying? What what how what are you thinking of those? Well, were they good recommendations? Yeah, I think they were. They were okay. they all they all they all have their strengths. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do I is there like a countdown clock that do, 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 do. Yeah, we can, edit, edit, we, can, we can edit okay. one in. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Oh, I'd like to think that this is because it was uh, they're all, so close. They're all so good. I mean, they're yeah. all so good. I mean, to yeah. be fair to you as well, I think previously we've had guests who have been like doing it on what they would like. Mm. But you've got to take into account yeah. the feelings of, uh, you know, in the third Caliban person, and man. Will. Yeah, mm. I think out of all the ones you recommended, it would probably be the Duke. I feel like that's done it a bloody game <laughs> <laughs> winning, winning streak continues <laughs> because it's it seems the most thematic um for the period yeah uh i feel like it's one that um blah, 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 could just pick up and play and seems like one that shakespeare would mm. know very well and probably know all of the ins and outs and yeah, how to kind yeah. of throw a bit of mm. uh not cheating but you know yeah. kind of exploiting mind games, trying, yeah mind say, games yeah, yeah. yeah. um and then they also get to use the shuffleboard and the yeah, shuffle. Yes, yeah. yeah. Like I feel, I feel like this. You know, if we're going to, if we're going to have this. It should be immortalized in portrait form. I just think the Duke. We, you wouldn't take a second glance at it. Yeah. Like if you saw that in a portrait of the the two, the two playing. Mm. Like Root would stand out. In a, in a, wooden in an pieces Elizabethan in Root. <laughs> I'll have you painted wooden pieces. It's fine. Are there? Mm. Oh. Little, little wooden animals with cutesy eyes. Oh, no. Um, I, I mean, Root is something that I would love to play. I just don't know if it would work in the Shakespeare world as much, especially mm. with like the communist um, factions. One of them communist? Because there wasn't really... There were, you know, you've got Robin Hood. Yeah. But he's... Exactly, Robin Hood. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the Disney Robin Hood, who's a fox. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. It fits perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> and then Battle Lines also does sound... Yeah, I think I'm still going to have to go with the Duke, although I do really like the sound of Battle Lines. And it's, again, it's one that I would play mm-hmm. personally, and I... Mm-hmm. I like the artwork. Good. From what you showed me. <laughs> nice. I don't yeah. think that. I don't think it's bad. It's much better than what I could do. Sorry, I'm just reacting on mostly other people I've seen. Maybe I should have just let you make that judgment yourself. Yeah. No, I, I like. I, I kind of like the basic artwork. Cool. It, it works for me, but especially, um, it reminds me of the art cards from like Total War Troy, mm-hmm. uh, like yeah. the unit cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially, sorry, I'm talking about video games. I'm kind of mixing no, in my. No, that's fine. And there's a there's there was the Total War. Is it Britannia, mm-hmm. um, which was kind of, I I love the Anglo-Saxon period, and I actually uh, did do Anglo-Saxon reenactment for a time. Oh, wow! Mm. Um, I was on Blue Peter for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> the wow. presenter killed me. Um, and here's the reenactment we did earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and where was I going with that? Yes. Uh, so with the the artwork here in Total War Britannia, the unit cards are very much in the tapestry mm. design as well yeah. mm. for that for that kind of that period of how they would have made it uh, met like drew back in that period as well so i love kind of the historical element of of that too so yeah but i'm, I'm still gonna go with nice with the duke the duke well, congratulations. Well done, you continue your <laughs> titan of board game streak as it were <laughs> how many have you won in a row uh five. Oh, my well i've been on yeah this is my this is my fifth episode so absolutely yeah you've won well. every episode that you've been on yes. yeah one day, Ben, we'll manage We're it. We're on twice as many episodes as him, and we he's are. still got more points than us. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh. <laughs> he's too good. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on. Oh, no, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you for having, thank you for having me. That's been, it's really, been really good. really good fun. And Thanks, man. Uh, where Wait. can everyone find you? Canada. Um, no uh, on social media most of my if you search Alex the Rambler in Google hopefully I'll come up Um, you you have a YouTube channel I have a YouTube channel I play map games I have a Twitch Twitch channel channel? which I play all kinds of strategy games Mm -hmm. and then you know I'm on Twitter and Instagram and stuff but if you're going to be on Instagram, I'd probably follow my dog, Sir, <laughs> Sir Nigel the Pup, on uh, on Instagram. Amazing. Yeah, I love how you I give can... your dog a better shout out than yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, Alex the Rambler on all social media, but the but the but the but the slash is the Rambler one four six, which I I should probably change everything to Alex the Rambler because that was just the the number that Google gave me <laughs> the rambler was taken so, so you can have one four six that's just hey. as good yeah, yeah. <laughs> excellent well once again thank you so much Pete. it's been it's been a pleasure um and that's all from us from the podcast today yeah we'll see you next time thanks very much Bye. 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 Bye.